You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again for another Phys Ed Podcast. Hey, glad to have you again for another chat around science and STEM and all that sort of thing. And we are definitely talking with a primary science specialist today. It's Dr. Joe Montgomery, who's a qualified teacher in the UK and a former research scientist with over 20 years of experience in teaching kids science in the primary setting. She loves making science exciting and accessible, and more importantly, to help them develop positive attitudes when it comes to STEM. And so much so, she's an Explorified champion and a great science share for schools, a regional champion too. So that's what this chat is all about. It's all about making science interesting and fun for kids no matter where their setting is. So let's get right into it. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Yeah, so I've, I've been really lucky to have had a really varied career actually in science education. I'm a, I'm a scientist and a teacher by background. Um, and right now I deliver fun and engaging curriculum linked hands-on science workshops um, for schools and community groups. And I also support teacher professional development as well um, with a range of organisations in the UK, but also as an independent consultant too. But I spend most of my time um, working directly with groups of children. So you're not busy at all, it's just quiet, nothing happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds awesome. How, okay, right. So you went, used to work as a research scientist. You, uh, what made you made the jump across? Um, that's a really good question. And I don't think I've ever had like a career plan of, of you know, mapped out of this is where I want to be and what, where I want to go. I've just kind of followed the things that interested me. Um, my parents were teachers, which is probably why I didn't go straight into teaching. Um, although instead I went into academic research, which um, is, you know, equally poorly paid and uh, has terrible, terrible work hours um, and not even the school holidays. Um, and yeah, I've, I've worked in a variety of roles. I've worked in, in neuroscience and animal behavior. I've worked in clinical trials and development. Um, and then I guess really, even from, from being a student, I've been involved in, in public engagement and, and science communication. So it was kind of a natural step, I suppose, for me to, to start to move more towards the, the, the education side. Oh, excellent. Do you miss uh, doing the research? Um, I would like to say yes. And that certainly was my, um, my answer for many years. I did really miss being, you know, at the lab bench, cutting edge science and having those really high level conversations with people. But actually, um, I, I certainly don't, don't miss it now. I would say I absolutely love what I do. Um, and I love the variety as well. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was actually on your, on your website just, uh, briefly, just having a look through what you're up to. You, you're right. Talk about some variety. <laughs> um, and it's not the sort of thing you suddenly come up with overnight. I mean, obviously, you've built that up over a long time. Um, yeah, so you mainly do primary years? Yes, that's right. Yeah, focus on the primary years. Although in the past, I have I've worked from age three to, well, to 103, but certainly to, to the university level education. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. About we've done some work into the retirement homes as well. Um, uh, what's really good fun is doing uh, the grandparents and grandkids day. They they have an absolute blast. Though uh, so lately, I've not been able to do that, especially with uh, the year just gone past and possibly this year as well. Not allowed in anymore. 
not, no. No, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's certainly a lot of fun with the primary kids. I mean, all right, so uh, I'll just get out of curiosity. Uh, so walk us through what a typical sort of workshop or show uh, tends to look like. Um, so th- th- as I said earlier, there's, you know, there's a huge variety. I cover all sorts of different topics in biology, chemistry or physics. So no two workshops are the same, but typically it's very much focused on the hands-on. So whilst there is some instructive teaching of, of new things, um, it's very much about getting the children to have a go, to, to, to get hands-on and to investigate and discover things for themselves as well. So lots of opportunities for really relevant and meaningful science inquiry. Um, in my workshops but but also that you know introducing them to new skills new ideas new ways of working um, and new knowledge as well yeah and the thing is about with all these sort of things that there's so many different activities experiments that you could choose from uh and it doesn't always have to be so all whiz bang either it often can be very 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 simple uh activities uh, i mean i'm, I'm going to throw you i suppose a little bit on the spot just just think about all the different activities that you run um if you had a bunch i don't know 10 year old kids about to walk into your door in the next five minutes and you had to quickly come up with something. Uh, what sort of experiments do you like doing that are you know, really quick off the cuff things that I don't know that anyone can do if they just got something just random hanging around the room, even just <laughs> what's in your room right now. I don't know. Uh, what, what would you, what would you like to, what would you do? Like, you know, oh, that's going to work. Um, I think, you, you know, we, we all as educators have a bunch of those things up our sleeves that we can pull out, you know, if, if you absolutely need something. I'm just reaching forward here because you've said things that you've got hanging around your room. So I've got a balloon here. So uh, there's an awful lot of science you can do with a balloon, lots of things to do with static electricity. You can fill them with water, fill them with air. You could even fill them up with carbon dioxide from an acid-based reaction, adding vinegar and sodium bicarbonate and look at the differences in weights that yeah. um, so we can get between those. But, the, but definitely one that... Um, that really captures imagination, I think. And you know, it's interesting that you mentioned earlier, you know, it doesn't have to always be whizzy. And I find actually that if you do something that's really powerfully wow, that that's all the children remember. They don't remember the science that happened behind it. So if yeah. you can get them to, to look at something more simple and, and really use their observation skills, you can start to, um, to tease out the science in things and then they're focusing on the correct thing then. So... One kind of go-to that I, that I would have that immediately sprung to mind when you said, you know, what would you do if they walked through the door? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mentioned the kind of the, you know, uh, the, the sodium bicarbon vinegar experiment earlier. I think that that you can take in so many different directions. So it's the, you know, the classic volcano of adding an acid and, a, and, a, and an alkali together to produce those bubbles of carbon dioxide not just doing that say okay you need kind of get that that wow in a cup or a test tube or or whatever of the the fizzing happening but then really get them to kind of to slow down and observe and say you know so what are the bubbles doing um and we can really observe that they're going up and we could even use that then to 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 look at that further maybe pop a couple of raisins in and see what happens to those so the, the bubbles you can see gathering around the outside of the of the raisin so those nucleation points where they they kind of seed the bubbles and then the bubbles start to rise they get to the top they pop um the raisin sinks back down again so you can talk about all sorts of things to do with densities and um floating and sinking and and the properties of gases and liquids um i guess that would be one of the things that 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 i definitely would would be a go-to where you can really tease out the science through something really simple 
Absolutely. And by the way, I mean, those people just list, listening to this podcast, uh, Joe just happened to just be able to reach up behind the desk and suddenly had a green balloon ready to go. <laughs> that was totally unplanned, but that was kind of cool. But, um, but the, um, the, you're right. I absolutely totally agree about the, uh, it's a problem if you're only just doing the whiz bang stuff. I mean, we, I mean, we often um, come across this a lot. I mean, I've had a good chat with some students after the fact saying, what did you remember? What did you learn? And it's often like, wow, what was it? They did this thing. What did you learn? And they say, not, I don't know, not sure. <laughs> it's kind of hard. So, um, I mean, settling it down to a very simple level is important. And I really like diving deep. Like when you were talking about the vinegar and bicarb reaction, there are so many variables that you can do. Because often kids will just happily just pour the two things together, watch it fizz and that's it. Um, but you could change the concentration of the vinegar. You could change the temperature of the vinegar. You could try different versions of things that look like bicarbonate powder, bicarbonate soda, maybe throw cream of tartar in there instead. And and not much happens because there's just two acids being thrown together and nothing goes on. Um, But the idea that kids actually have the chance to change one thing and see the effect is actually true science. Uh, That's a thing that, I mean, can be a bit of a trouble with these experiments. They often feel like almost like a recipe, like, you know, building the chocolate cake, the chocolate cake comes out when we eat it as opposed to doing real science, which is, two different chocolate cakes and one has extra chocolate. One has less chocolate. Which one would you prefer to eat? I don't know. It, it, odd analogy came off the top of my head. It is early in the morning for me, but, but the, my, for me, the, it, it, that's where the real science and the real learning is. Uh, and um, it, I mean, I imagine that um, a lot of the work that you do when you had mentioned that you do professional development programs into schools. I mean, I mean, uh, helping teachers understand about, you know, what is out there to be able to teach and how can you turn it into a true science is, really a bit of fun and also um you know quite rewarding i'd imagine yeah absolutely i mean obviously that you know the kind of the joy and enthusiasm really does come from working with with children but you know that you know you're 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 helping to develop teachers who are going to go on and have that impact with you know even greater numbers of, of children as well so and and you know we're all children at heart actually we all like a little bit of tinkering and experimenting and having a go at stuff so um, I tried to make my my professional development with teachers really hands-on as well because I think it's really important for teachers to have the opportunity to explore and discover and investigate and think about the, the, the things that their children might ask if they were doing the same thing and to you know to have a a bit more confidence at, at, at what happens when you do those experiments and what happens if you, you know, you change that thing and you put more chocolate in your chocolate cake, um, <laughs> you know, how things work like that. So um, extremely rewarding as a job, both, both working with children and, and with teachers as well. Now in the UK, um, something like 40% of primary school teachers are not confident in teaching science. Um, although that that figure is um, you know it's improving people are getting more confident there's more professional development out there um, but traditionally primary school teachers don't necessarily come from with, with that science background um, so being able to give people the confidence that that science isn't actually that difficult it is just about being curious and finding things out is really is really a great thing to do absolutely so I mean mind you by the way I am an advocate for adding more chocolate into the chocolate cake um, just just as a little side note just, just there um, but my, my kids gave me some chili chocolate cake the other day it actually really works and I like it it's quite interesting anyway uh, go on a little tangent hey how did you go with this online thing I mean the uh, everyone's had to do this online thing you know throughout this last year but i mean you know, some people have been doing it for much longer others you know to pick it up how'd you sort of how'd you go with that um it was a kind of a little bit of um of jumping you know straight straight in with two feet actually um yeah. so the start of lockdown we were suddenly thrown into into um in the uk um 
school closures, um, workshop, you know, workplace closures, all sorts of things. And everything just went online. Um, and certainly, while secondary schools were really good at that remote delivery, primary schools took a little while to, to catch up with that here. And um, therefore, actually, it was, I was kind of fortunate for that because I was, it was suddenly really popular because I had the, the, the setup, the skills to be able to, um, to, to do that. Just, you know, even, even just with my, my, my laptop, I could, I could stream into school, um, schools where there were, uh, were small groups of children still being taught. And it could also be streamed to um, children at home. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, being just being really adaptable and flexible and ready to go um, with that online thing really worked in my in my favour. Well, that's one of those things like um, the <clears throat> excuse me, my voice goes the um, online is can sometimes can actually be better depending on what you're sort of doing. So you kind of, <clears throat> kind of think about some of the experiments you do. So we'll go back to the vinegar and bicarb thing. That's fine in a small workshop environment. But imagine you wanted to show that same uh, experiment when you've got 300 kids in the school hall and it, this tiny little thing set up unless you've got a document camera and you're being put onto a data projector so it looks nice and big no one can really see what you're doing not really i mean if you're 50 meters back it doesn't really help much when you look at these tiny little things um having the ability to have even if just having that extra camera to zoom in on that particular experiment that you're doing it makes all the difference and so sometimes something that's really small i, I kind of think of like when we do liquid nitrogen and we're, um, and we're dealing with high school kids uh, superconductors are awesome. They're all, they, they just are. They're very cool. And they get to see the Meissner effect with a, with a magnet floating above a superconductor. But there's no way I'd normally show that in a, in a, high school, in, in a big show environment unless I've got a camera there because no one's going to see it. Because, I mean, the thing's only floating like well, that much, <laughs> five yeah. mil above, above the magnet. It's so much better to be able to zoom on in. Um, yeah, so, I mean, so, had, uh, so when you were connecting with the um, schools, uh, I mean, I imagine you're, you mean, you're still, unfortunately, the, the lockdown going on now for yourselves right, right now. Uh, was, it, uh, was it much uh, hassle trying to be able to get everyone online or is it sort of, is it, is it find, find it quite easy these days? It kind, it kind of depends, actually. Yeah. And, and I think you're right at that point about, you know, there are definite benefits to online. You know, you can see things more close, close up and, um, and, and show things that you can't necessarily show uh, when you're together. Um, in terms of connectivity, there, there are really big differences um, in the UK over people who, who have access to, to internet enabled devices and people who don't. Um, I would say that, that particularly in my area, the majority of, of schools and people have access to some, but not necessarily all of it. You know, there might be two or three children at home. There might be one computer or, you know, one, one tablet device or something, and everybody's trying to access it for, for, for home learning. So that can be challenging, absolutely. And there's definite juggles to be done in terms of, of managing that. But there are also, unfortunately, some households that don't have any access to this. So yeah. um, in, the, in the first lockdown, certainly, I, I sort of went out on my bike and was delivering little mini science kits to, to people who, who didn't have any access to anything else. So they'd have, a, you know, like activity cards and, um, and a mini science kit to be doing some stuff. Yeah. So there were definitely, definitely ways around. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, that there is a genuine, genuine discrepancy between the haves and the have-nots with that particular thing. I mean, uh, we definitely uh, know about there are some school districts where they had to drive a bus out, which had Wi-Fi. The thing is, this only works if they've got devices. <laughs> they haven't got a device either. The, 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 the Wi-Fi is irrelevant at this point. Yeah, so it was it's certainly very, very challenging. Actually, think of those, little act, those activities. I mean, I mean certainly the physics, we've got a bunch on our site too. They are so really handy. And one of the things I noticed on your side is that you're involved with Children's University. Now, I, I actually haven't come across that before which says how much i don't know what's going on out in the world but that looks really really cool uh so to tell us a bit more about that so yeah the children's university is a is an initiative to um encourage kind of um i guess extracurricular um learning and activities um so you know not just the school stuff but to discover more more widely all sorts of things now some of them are actually embedded in schools so schools might subscribe to the children's university and um, then they'll have uh, kind of one day a month or, you know, an afternoon a week or however they, they timetable it dedicated to their children's university activities. And schools will typically organise it so that they have other people come in and help. They might be parents. They might be people from the local community. And then you can have smaller groups than, than a normal class size doing all sorts of different things. And they generally set it up so that you... Um, you've got a passport and you get little stamps for the different things that you do. So there might be science activities, there could be creative writing, it might be learning to knit or to cook or um, to um, whittle wood or, you know, all sorts of different things to give children a really wide variety of experiences. Now, it doesn't have to be done through a school setting. The Children's University, you can do kind of in your own time as an after school club, all sorts of things. Um, and obviously, you know, these days there's an access access online to a whole variety of different things so you can get a digital passport to get little stamps for the activities that you do um and and then you know throughout childhood you get all these activities that you build up for your children's university and you get to have a little mini graduation at the end of it oh that's so cool i mean i think of my kids my kids love collecting those stamps when they go out to a fate or whatever or you know it's just it's just a thing they want to run around doing that <laughs> and that's actually really good i mean i actually like that idea of that being a driver for them to want to do more rather than the parents just saying on high you're gonna do this thing so that's possibly potentially happening it's slightly on the, in the background but at least the kid might go hey i can click the next stand that's kind of cool uh, that's <laughs> neat and i just was just thinking i mean i mean like projecting forward i mean at some point this whole lockdown thing will eventually settle down um do you so you you're based in the uk do you have any much of a chance to go across to europe or do you find yourself mainly in the uk itself I'm definitely mainly working in the UK, absolutely. And uh, moving out into Europe is now slightly more tricky for us. Um, yes, having, having, left, having left the European Union, unfortunately, um, at the beginning of this month. Mm. Um, but, um, I, I, you know, I've certainly, through this year, because everything has moved online, I've had much more opportunity to, to work in different places. I certainly was teaching in Saudi Arabia a couple of weeks ago. Oh, cool. Um, which is quite exciting, um, obviously remotely. Um, and it sort of, I think, you know, has opened up um, opportunities as well as obviously it being a really a, a very difficult and challenging time for lots of people. So, um, and, and I think that people have said, you know, we, we have never been able to, to get visitors. I mean, even if we're suggesting, you know, like rural Scotland or, um, and obviously, you know, in Australia, you've got places that are miles away from, from anywhere. Um, yeah. And being able to do things online 
means that you can get that virtual visitor in your school. Um, so certainly I've been able to reach groups of people that I wouldn't, wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to do before. So I would like to carry some of that through actually, once, you know, this whole situation is, is settled down, as you say, and, and we're back to being able to, to travel about and, and see people in person. I think I will still hold on to an aspect of, of online teaching as well. Yeah, what was really cool about reaching out to places that are very remote and uh, often in a different time zone is people think it can be, things can be very, very, very different. And yeah, we can have different climates. I mean, you're in the Northern Hemisphere. I'm not right now. Um, and that's a, a talking point. But often there's also that actually we do sort of the same things. It's interesting just chatting. Like we've done connections where we'll have uh, two sets of students, one in Alaska, one in Australia. And so the kids in Outback Australia is like, what are you doing after school? Well, we're going, I'm going to go hunting with my dad. Cool. That's great. What are you guys doing in Alaska? They, they actually say that well, we're going to do the same thing. <laughs> we're just going for different animals. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Or just is hearing about just the, even just the slight variances and differences between the schooling systems themselves. Um, I mean, school is not the same anywhere. <laughs> Even just no. within certain, even within the same district, they can be different, um, and that can be a really good chat, a chatting point. Uh, yeah, I've always enjoyed it. It's always always a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So uh, with with all this, uh, these these science experiments and whatnot, um, if you sort of had, I don't know, uh, a bunch of brand new teachers about to enter into the schooling world, uh, and you had to give a, you know, a little bit of advice about, you know. Uh, how to engage kids further in STEM related activities, what would be some suggestions that you might give them? Um, I think my first piece of, of advice to them would be, um, don't be, don't be scared of practical work. Um, I think people are often concerned that, that behavior management might, might go awry if you're, if you're doing hands-on practical, but actually the opposite is true. It's a bit like, um, you know, being a bit scared to take children out of the classroom and into the outside area actually whilst you know there can be some behavioral issues um and by leaving the, the the confines of your of your very structured environment actually what you generally find is that behavior is better because they are um, engaged and motivated and enthusiastic so definitely don't be scared of practical work that would be the first first thing i would say and the second thing is um don't get bogged down in your school's curriculum and way of doing things definitely kind of look around you and see what opportunities there are um, and different ways of, of, of teaching practical science. I agree. Absolutely. My, From a behavior point of view, that, that, that makes total sense. I mean, I was one of those kids that needed those activities. <laughs> they're actually, it's actually a useful thing to, to be involved in. Actually sort of just think of those science activities and I understand the fear that can happen in, in classrooms, you know, don't mess the classroom up please. Or maybe things might go wrong. Actually it's where the things going wrong is where the learning can be. <laughs> Actually, absolutely and, and science is you know science is like that things go wrong and you you often learn more from from what doesn't work than than from what does work so oh, that, that just begs the question uh all the different lessons let's be honest you've done a lot of them uh what are the ones that you sort of look back and go you know what i just remember this going completely pear-shaped <laughs> it just it just didn't work and uh, you know just, just off the top of your head are, are there any situations where you can think of where that you know that that's happened and sort of where where were the silver linings in that so i can't think of anything that's gone so catastrophically wrong i mean obviously <laughs> um, which, is, which is really useful um 
you must make sure that everything is obviously is risk assessed and it's safe. And we're not trying to remove risk. We just need to minimise it and be aware of it as well. But actually, I think the kind of the key thing is that you, as, as educators, we need to be flexible and adaptable. And without even thinking about it, really, as teachers, we, you know, we respond and, and, and change things that are happening kind of minute by minute. So I think, you know, you can, you can judge the, the temperature of a room. This isn't working. OK, I need to stop and flex and, 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 and do something different here. So there certainly have been occasions where I've actually gone, no, actually, do you know what? Stop. This isn't working. Um, yeah put the electricity stuff back away, we're going to do something completely different. Because, you know, sometimes there's a strange wind or, um, you know, there's a, something blowing through the trees and it just makes the children um, a little bit different to, from normal. And, <laughs> and you just change what you do. So I think, yeah, those skills of, of flexibility and, and being adaptable are really, really important in, in, in a classroom. But, but kind of reading the room and making sure that, that the children are safe as well is really That's Absolutely. Actually, I've got, I've got to attest. I think I'd love to know what other people think about this. I'll tell you what, wind and kids. What is with wind? You know, just you get the wind going and it's a dry day. It's like the kids just lose their mind, especially if it's frightening. There's a something experiment that... in there, I'm sure. Yeah. Just, I think know, dogs are the same too. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, I do. I mean, I'm happy to talk about you know our, our my, my mess ups, mistakes, and failures and whatnot. Um, it's it's sometimes it's really good when like, I remember actually a student asking, "Hey, I'd love to do this particular um, activity." It's the classic uh, concentrations of sugar uh, and layering them in different colors. Simple as that. Looks great on Pinterest. Doing it in real life, getting those layers, uh, it's not quite the same as what they, they expect. Now we did actually achieve the different layers, but it, and getting the kids to understand that it's is just as much your technique as the science <laughs> that matters. And, you know, yeah. Cause it, yeah. Cause you know, you, you're dealing with, um, they're all water soluble and you, know, you end up with sort of a blend of colors as opposed to perfect layers, which you, know, you need to actually have the right chemicals to make that actually happen. Um, it, it's good for the kids to see that, just because you see it on the internet in a certain particular way portrayed in a beautiful light with a nice photographer doesn't mean that it's going to actually t turn up in real life. It's, it's, it's a good thing for them to see. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so look, Joe, thank you very much for, uh, uh, you know, jumping on this podcast. I mean, actually we're going to be hanging out really soon on the panel really yeah. <laughs> later on uh, today. It's a very busy day. Um, but uh, in the meantime, uh, is there anywhere where people can find out more about what you get up to? Yeah, sure. So I've, I have, um, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Dr. Joe Science. Um, and my website is drjoesciencesolutions.co.uk. Easy. And as usual, we put those links in the show notes uh, on the physics website. And um, please click on through, check out what Joe's been getting up to. Look, uh, thank you very much for uh, joining me uh, this evening slash this morning, because we are on the opposite side of the planet. Uh, but look, hey, go and grab a coffee or not. We're going to be hanging out in another uh, panel with the total team. And uh, that's, you know, fairly soon. But um, looking forward to it. In the meantime, um, have a great short time. <laughs> Catch you very, very soon. <laughs> Thanks very much, Ben. Great talking. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. Well, there we go. We just heard from Dr. Joe Montgomery, who can really tell loves her science in the primary setting. And if you're wondering what that panel was all about that we mentioned right at the end there, that is in the lead up to the Learning Jam. Yes, the Learning Jam is a 24-hour global learning event in STEAM. It's happening between January 23 and 24 of 2021. So if you want to check that out, it's on Total App.
dot com. So T O D L E app dot com forward slash learning jam. Total is presenting this. It's all about getting people in a variety of schools right around the planet right in the steam as we head into 2021. So definitely check that out. So anyway, that is enough of this particular episode. I hope you're having a fantastic time with teaching your science. No matter what setting you are in, make sure it's exciting and engaging and it's all about getting positive attitudes for kids in science. Definitely important. Look, you've been listening to me, Ben Newsom from Phys Education, and you've been listening to the Phys Ed Podcast and I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au